0: All right. I say good morning. Good morning. Let us let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors for today's share to thank our sponsors for the month of Kislev, Sammy, and Malka Esterson for dedicating all the Sherman Drushos this month. In memory of their parents, Yitzchak Leib and Aaron Cohen, Sarah Rachel Bas Baruch Avram, Hinda Bas Henech Ephraim. We hope that in the merit of our Tama Torah, the Neshama Salahav and Aliyah, and the family a Nechama. We thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Michal and Sarah Lipman of Los Angeles, and family in honor of Philip Sanfield's Sium Hashas. Philip made his Siyum Hashas Baruch Hashem this past Shabbos. May Philip and his wife Judy merit to make many more Siumim and continue to inspire us all with their Torah, my Simtobim and Mazeltov. Shir today is dedicated by Saeed and Simahakin in memory of Mr. Daniel Langbaum, Le Lebracha Daniel Ben Ben El-Khanan Halevi, as well as in memory of Steve Golaskov's father Nathan Sandra Golaskov. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families a Nechama. And of course, you know, it's, um, I'm always hesitant with these things, you know. Dimar says that a person is never supposed to shalom be like the bearer of, of bad news. Some people run, you know, run to share bad news because they. But, but Chazal tell us a person is never so. I don't know, Menachem just told me after davening this morning that there was a terror attack in Jerusalem this morning in the old city, which left uh, one person dead and three people injured. And um, it's uh, it's always it's, it's always an overwhelming thing whenever Klal Yisrael suffers a loss. But the truth is, when you see a loss of life and you see such tragedy, just steps away from the holiest place in the entire world, it's um it's overwhelming. And the truth is, it shakes us to our course. So we should hope that the neshama that was taken from us should have an aliyah. Those who were injured in the attack should have it afur shalima. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu should finally see fit to usher in a period of shalom, to usher in a period of to, to, usher, to usher in a period of tranquility of achdus and of just, <laughs> of just bracha for cloudy Yisrael with the coming of Mashiach here, Rabbi Aminu, Amen. So with that, let us begin We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. The da- today's daf is Tess, and we are picking up emir tzah uh, Hashem, Tanra Ha'Abbana. We left off two, four, six, eight, ten lines up from the bottom. So Tanra Ha'Abbana, begin, Mara says, Tanra Ha'Abbana, hanichnas lamuras so, a person goes in to go ahead and measure his granary. So, we'll say here, what's happening here is I'm going ahead and I want to see what my bounty is. Right? So, I'm going, I'm going to measure my crop. So, what's the halakha? <speaking in Hebrew> so beautiful. So, a person says a tefillah. And what's the tefillah? The tefillah is it should be your will Hashem that you should send blessing in, the handi- in our handiwork, in what we create. Hizchil when you begin to measure, you begin to really, and, and Lamer measured, in other words, you're taking stock, you're taking inventory of how much produce you have. Omer, Baruch HaSholech, Bracha V'Kriyazah. Blessed is the one who sends blessing in this pile. Now, the Gemara says, Madad V'Achakach Berach, but if you first measured what you have, and then you make the Bracha, Harezah Tefilas shad. Ultimately again this is a blessing in vain. I will say this is a continuation of the theme we began yesterday. Because blessing is not found in something that is measured, in something that is like, something that is weighed out, I should say, weighed, measured, or counted. Rather, blessing is only found in something which is obscured from the eye. Rabbi said the idea being, again, as we did this in yesterday's daf. but the idea being that if you want HaKadosh Baruch Hu to go ahead and make miracles happen for you, you have to leave him, so to speak, a little bit of room. If you're too exacting in every single thing, you, need, you leave no room for the ribbon HaShel Olam to affect miraculous results. So the Gemara says, farmer, you know, once you measure, once you know you have uh, X number of tons of grain, that's it, it is what it is. God doesn't take five tons and make it into six tons. But if at the end of the day before you measure, you don't yet know what you have, then you leave room for the ribono shel olam to be able to affect some miraculous fact. We're saying it's an incredible, you sowed in life. You see, on, the Gemara is not telling you not to be like a, like a measured, well-thought-out person. What the Gemara is saying is, be the kind of person who recognizes, see, some of us like to go through life and we like to think that we control all the variables. So if you think you control all of the variables, you leave no room for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to affect his miraculous, his miraculous results. But if I recognize that at the end of the day, I put in my Heshtadlos, I do my part, but I have to leave a room for the Ribonos of Olam to do his thing. My success is not solely limited to the effort I expend. My success is not limited to the amount of work I put in my work, my hishtagos, my effort is part of it. But what the Gemara is saying is, you have to leave room for HaKadosh Baruch Hu each and every day. So the idea here for the farmer, the way the farmer leaves room for God is he prays for success before he measures his produce. <laughs> Because that gives HaKadosh Baruch Hu the ability to go ahead and effect some type of miraculous results. We both say, for those of us who aren't farmers, what it means is at the end of the day, at the end of the day, maybe before you are, or at the end of the day, when you're doing your taxes, or whatever else you want to go ahead, and you want to figure out how much money you made for the year, before you do that, this is the tefillah. By the way, this tefillah is recorded in Shulchan Aruch. This is not like in Agarata Gemara. This is Alocha Gemara. This Alocha is recorded in Shulchan Aruch. This is what the farmer would say, the bracha that the farmer would say. It seems Mr. the says that you say it without the name of Hashem. That's, that's the whole other discussion. Again, not a topic for today, but you would say without the name of Hashem. But the point over here is there is a bracha. There is a bracha that you say before measuring out your produce, where you ask Akkadush Parochu, provide me with something miraculous. Bless this. Bye. Whatever is in the silo is in the silo? Not necessarily. Whatever is in the silo could be expanded as long as you give room for Akkadush say The isod, and the important thing of, of making room for our Baruch Hu and our success. Sometimes we don't even realize it, but we think that our success is fundamentally hinges on us. And, and that's why, by the way, so many times we make the fatal mistake of cutting corners with our ruchniyos in order to be successful in our gashnius. And the truth is, it never works. Because when I cut corners in my ruchniyos to be successful with my gashnius, essentially what I'm saying is, my success is totally and fully dependent on me. It, it's all about me. So that's why, again, I could cut corners with my rochliness because I, I have to be successful. Halavai, we all should be successful. But we have to realize that part of our success is leaving room for HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that process. Incredible Gemara. Let's go right there. i Rabbi Yochanan. The day of rain, the day of rain is as great as the day of the ingathering of the exile. That literally again, HaKadosh Baruch will return our returnees. Kafikim ba'negev. What's afikim ba'negev? Afikim, matar. afikim means rain. So what's we'll say, so the way to read the passage is, Shuvah Hashem eshevi Hashem will return our returnees. Kafikim ba'negev. Like rain in the field. Like rain in the field. So you see that the Torah is going ahead and equating rain with kibbutz golios. Shnem, as the says, Shene Amar, Vayiru Aphikeyam, on Rabbi Yochanan, God Yom Gayasas Postkospo. So Rabbi Yochanan says, rain is great because even armies, even mighty armies, are brought to a halt by the rain. Right? Isn't this interesting? I was about it's a historical statement, but when armies were marching, the rain got a little bit too intense, it slowed down the army. Shene Amar quotes over here the Pasik, Tilab Meha Raveh Nachas Gidudab Revivim, Timogegnot Simchad Hivarech. Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, withholds rain because of people who pledge tzedakah in public, but do not go ahead and do not go ahead and give it." Uh, do not go ahead and give it. So we'll say, what's what's the connection over here? mar quotes over here the Pasek. Nesim veruach vegeshem ayin ish Matas shaker. So we will say it's actually a profound idea. See, people go ahead and pledge tzedakah and don't honor, don't pay up their, don't pay up their pledges. And again, it's interesting, by the way. We'll say in general, if you make a commitment to tzedakah, you have to pay it. And you're supposed to pay it expeditiously, right? If you, if you make, that's a nether. You're supposed to go ahead and fulfill it. Whatever you owe, pay. If you notice, by the way, the Gemara is not saying a person who make, makes a pledge and doesn't pay. It's public. It's public. A person who makes a public pledge and doesn't pay. So the idea is you promised something to the tzibor. You promised whoever, whoever you're pledging to. Like You promised something to the tzibor publicly. So and, and yet you're not giving it. It's Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "I'll withhold the rain. I promise something to the tzibor also. It's called rain. And if you're not making good on your pledge, I'm not going to make good on my pledge." of we'll it's an incredible yusod. By the way, we see this over and over and over that it's the, the nature of reciprocity in our relationship with Hakadosh Baruch This is Balshent of Hakadosh who says, "Hashem tzilcha. Hashem is your shadow." What does it mean? Hashem is your shadow. Whatever I do, my shadow does. Our relationship, we the Kaddosh Baruch Hu, who interacts with the world and with us, is based on how we interact with Him. Such an incredible use. So, I'm going to say, here we go. Ta- incredible, Gemara, top of test. Acer ta'aser. So the Pasuk says, you shall tithe, right? This is the Pasuk about tithing. Acer ta'aser. So the Gemara Aser says, asher. they will say, saying, tzedakah, you can give tzedakah on the condition that you get rich. Right? You can get aser ta'aser asher bishil shatit asher. Give tzedakah, and you could give tzedakah with the mindset that I'm giving tzedakah in order that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should give me wealth. Rabbi Yochanan once came across the son of Reish Lakish, and I will say, remember the story, Reish Lakish was a bandit, right, was a robber. Rabbi Yochanan was the one who convinced him to be Chaz Rebbe so Reish Lakish said, fine, I'll do it but I want to marry your sister. Rabbi Yochanan had a very beautiful sister, right? And Rabbi Yochanan said, okay, so Reish Lakish, Reish Lakish was Rabbi Yochanan's brother-in-law. Reish Lakish died early, we'll discuss that in just a little bit. So the boy, this is Reish Lakish's son, who also, remembers. so he's what? He's Rabbi Yochanan's nephew, Rabbi Yochanan's nephew. So Rabbi Yochanan goes out and comes across this boy, the son of Reish Lakish. He says to the little boy, tell me, what are you learning? What are you learning? Amr Aserta, aser. So he said, I'm learning the Pasuk of Aser to Aser. Amar lei, umay Aser to Aser. So, says, so now the little boy, the young boy, Rabbi Yochanan. by the way, what's the meaning of Aser to Aser? What he was asking is why the double asher? Right, Aser to Aser we translate as tithe, or in English is like, you shall surely tithe. Right, but just say, ta'aser, or Aser, you don't need a double asher. So Rabbi Akron responds, Aser b'shil tit asher. The Josha is tithe. Take your tztaka your Now, again, okay, I'm going to say, but take your tztaka and you could do it with the condition that you'll become wealthy. So the little boy said, Rabbi Yochanan, how do you know that's the drasha? Right? How, how do you know this? Rabbi Yochanan says, go try it. Go try it and you'll see. Right? Go try it out. Amalek the Little boy says, when you nasui, like Baruch Hu, Are you allowed to test that? Baruch? Are you allowed to do that? Like, right? you're allowed to go ahead and do a mitzvah on the condition that Baruch Hu will give you something? The Pasik says, You shall not test that. We never do mitzvos with the idea of going ahead and say, I'm going to do this, God, but I'll do this if you do this for me. I'm really Hachiyam So Rabbi Yochanan said, my Rabbi Oshiyah said as follows, Chutz you're right. In general, in Gan's Torah, you are not allowed to test HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Here is the one exception. Tzedakah Rabosa is the one exception where you are permitted to go ahead and, you're permitted to go ahead and give tzedakah on the condition, on the condition that Hakadosh Baruch Hu will give you back monetary wealth. Now, where do we get this idea that stock is the exception? Shnei Amar both say this is so truly beautiful. The Pasuk in Malachi, Haviu es Kolam Ma'aser Beis Ha'Otzar the Teref Be'Beisim. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says to Kolam Israel, Bring all the tithes. The Ravi says, Bring all the tithes to the to the Beis Hamikdash. The Teref Be'Beisim. Be'chanuni na bizos amara Hashem tzvakos. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, You can test me, or be'chanuni test me like a bechina. You can test me with this imlo f taklo kham as hashamayim i will open up for you the storehouses in the heavens varikosil kham braha ad bali dai and i will give you blessing ad bali dai the gemar says my ad bali dai what does that phrase mean ad bali dai amra amrami kham amr amrav ad shivlu sipso sechem milomar dai until literally again your lips tire from saying enough so we will say here the pa mafur shapasakin malachi Test me. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, test me. Test me, test me. Give as much tzedakah as you possibly can, and you could do it with the intention that I will reward you with material wealth. Test me, right? Call me on it. Call me on it. And you will see that as Shabbos. And obviously, we know that in Hilchos tzedakah, there is a cap as to how much one is permitted to give away. Right? Chazal said, you're not allowed to divest yourself of more than one-fifth of your wealth. There's a cap on tzedakah. But again, obviously, up until that match, Akadah who says, it's the one exception. There's no other situation where a person is able to say, I'm going to do a mitzvah on the condition, God, that you give me something. In fact, it's theologically flawed to take an approach like that. The only, the only mitzvah you can do it is by tzedakah. By tzedakah. So we'll say it's interesting. So why, why is, why, why tzedakah? Why, why tzedakah? So it's fascinating. I think Kadosh Baruch Hu understands, that tzedakah is one of the hardest things for us to do. See, i both said, tzedakah is not generally hard if you have a lot of money <laughs> because the tzedakah you're going to give doesn't, but, but if a person does, per, say a person has money, but a person doesn't have a lot of money, tzedakah is really difficult. Why? Because you're, being, you're taking something that you've worked hard for, that you've worked really hard for, and that the truth is, you need, you know, somebody tells me to go ahead and share my Shabbos leftovers, no problem, no problem, right? Absolutely, especially by Tuesday, right? <laughs> right? Happy to, happy to. Because I, I ask me to share something that like I don't feel so strongly about. Like when we speak about sharing your skills or sharing your time, okay. But money, money is a very sensitive thing because A, we all need it. B, as from Jews, we need a lot of it, right? And C, we work really hard for it. So when some Kashbar tells me I want you to take that which you made and I want you to share it with someone else, that's hard. That's hard. Right. But I will say, because it's hard, remember, sharing our money is also the way we show. We didn't make it. We put it in the Hishadwas. But whatever is in my pocket is because I gave it to me. I am the custodian of his wealth. Kashbar says, Well if you're the custodian of my wealth, I'm telling you to share it. I'm telling you to share it. And because tzedakah is so difficult, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives this promise that he doesn't give by any other mitzvah. Do it. Do it. Give it. And give it with the intention that you'll get back more. And I promise, I'll honor that commitment. It's really an, inc- an incredible, incredible yisod. So the Gemara goes out to really. So this is interesting. So remember, this whole thing is an exchange with Rabbi Yochanan and his young nephew. So the little boy says, Amr mati hasam richna really. lecha so the little boy says to Rabbi Yochanan, you know, had I gotten up to that Pasek in Malachi, I wouldn't have needed you or Hoshio, your Hoshio, your, Rebbe, your Rebbe. There was a little boy who was saying, Shkoyach, you didn't give me like any deep insight, you told me a Pasek. I'm little, I didn't get up to the Pasek, cr- quite a precocious young man. Right? I, I, I did not get up to that Pasek yet, so you know, okay, had I, had I learned it in Yeshiva, I wouldn't have needed you, nor would I have needed your Rebbe. Vesu, Ashkechir Rabbi Yochanan, Leinukadurei Lakish. Another exchange with Yehudah b'Yochanan and his young nephew, the son of the son The Amar, Korbo says, is incredible. The pasuk says, The Adam says, the foolishness of man will cause his path to be destroyed, but yet he blames Hashem. He blamed. Va'al Hashem yizaf libo, but yet his heart blames God. Notice what say. Sometimes bad things happen to us in life. As a result, directly as a result of bad decisions we have made, but even when I see that bad things before me is a result of bad decisions I have made, often we still tend to blame it on Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So the Gemara says, "Yasiv Yasiv." I am sorry, "Darkal ba'Ala." Yasir Shabbos was sitting and pondering this pasuk. Amar, is there any pasuk that's in the and Kesuvim? That's not alluded to in the Torah. So, right? So, the Melech is describing a dynamic. That I get myself into trouble because of bad life decisions I have made. And I blame God for the results. So, that's a pasik in Mishle. Is there a pasik in the Torah... That makes reference to that. So the Gemara says, So the little boy says, He says, right, uncle? Of course it's alluded to. So we'll say, isn't this incredible? Isn't this incredible? This is this week's... uh Next week, next week, right? Next week's parasha, Next week's parasha, The brothers, right, are face to face with Yosef, trying to trying to buy grain, trying to buy grain. Yosef has not revealed his identity. He's mamish putting them through the ringer, right? And they say to themselves, they get all upset when Yosef takes two of the brothers prisoner, and they say, "Look what God has done to us! Look what God has done to us! You sold your brother." You sold your brother, right? You bless you. You sold your brother and you told your father or you, let your, you allowed your father to believe that Yosef was killed by a wild animal. What do you mean? What did God do to you? What did God do to you? I, will say, which, but I just want to tell you, there, there is an incredible Musra in this because often you find people in difficult circumstances and we're very quick to point an accusatory <laughs> finger towards God. But the truth is, the real difficult thing in life is that sometimes when overwhelming circumstances happen, I have to introspect. Now, it doesn't mean that every single time that something negative occurs, it's because of something that I've done. But the first step in dealing with life setback is, okay, what happened here? Like, what happened? Is, and, and, and is there something that I need to introspect about, right? It, we, it's always easy and it's almost like reflexive to blame other people and to blame God whenever I have setback. But sometimes, again, the difficult thing is I gotta look inward. Is there something? Is there something amiss? Is there something wrong? Is there something broken? Is there something that perhaps I have been doing or could have done that could have led me to this particular point? Sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes things happen in life for a variety of different reasons. But the first step in dealing with adversity is introspection. So listen to this. So, to say, so this is the little boy that ends this, Rabbi Yochanan, the So what happened, Rabbi Yochanan lifted his eyes and he looked at the little boy. Now the look that he gave him was almost like a little bit of like, um, a strong glance, cause you could see, it seems like, it seems like the boy has a shtick right? They're little kids, it sounds like there's a little, so B'Yokhan looked at him like, what, what do they say, look, the is that the, uh, right? He, 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 he looked at it, he, he gave him a look. So watch this. Asya ime His the little boy's mother came, the widow came and grabbed the boy. Amrale, Tommy, come, quick, come with me. I don't want Rabbi Yochanan to do to you what he did to your father. Say, so the story over here is, should we remember again, as I mentioned before, Rabbi Yochanan was one of those makari of So the Gemara records a very strained exchange between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish, where Rish Lakish seemed to hint at the idea that Rabbi Yochanan didn't do him such a big favor by being makari of him. Right? Now the truth is, that's not what Rabbi meant but it's how Rabbi Yochanan interpreted Rabbi Yochanan shot Rish Lakish a glance, Rish Lakish became ill, and ultimately died as a result of that illness. So again, so, so Rabbi Yochanan, who was one of the Makari of Rish Lakish, also somewhat had to do with the demise of Reish Lakish, who also happened to be his brother-in-law. So now he's having a very sharp exchange with, with, with his nephew, Rish Lakish's son. So the boy's mother, Rish Lakish's widow, gets a little bit nervous about the nature or the tone of this exchange, and goes ahead and takes it. There's so much more to say about this relationship Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish and this kind of falling out between the two of them. Um, but not, not for today. Not for today. The Gemara goes weiter. Am Rabbi Yochanan I'm sorry. Matra Bishvil Yochid Bisholab Most is very interesting. Rain is brought even for one person. Which Rabbi say means Rashi says as follows. Even if one person needs rain but everyone else doesn't need rain HaKadosh Parach will still bring rain. Parnassa, on the other hand, Parnassa, And I will say, what does parnassa mean? parnassa refers, let's say, to the general volume in the world of wheat, right? Of produce. Produce, right? Additional produce is not brought for one person, but rather, again, that's brought for the world. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Right? Let's say only one person needs rain. Ultimately, again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will go ahead and bring rain. Bring rain. However, again about we'll say if you skip down a little bit, Rashi says, Ella Bishlo Shim Rabbim Srichim Sova, Shetishlach Brahabitua, Hagodish Baruch, Ose Osem Zahu, Aval Yokinat Sarak Shisbahu Tv in Hashbarakh. Supposed to listen to this. Apparently, when it comes to when it comes to what we call parnasa. So parnasa means what called the global output of produce. The global output of produce is determined by the needs of the rabbin. But right, so if the rabbin deserve greater parnasa, they'll get greater parnasa. But the individual, ultimately, again, if he needs more parnasa, but other people don't, he won't get it. I both say, let's talk about this just a moment because this is really fascinating. Because we saw back in Rosh Hashanah, right? adam The the idea the idea being that a person's parnasa is established from Rosh Hashanah, which indicates to us that each of us get our own judgment for parnasa for livelihood. Here it says, the Gemara seems to say, that parnasa is only, does not really gauged by the Yechid, but it's gauged by the Rabbim. So understand what's happening over here. What the Gemara is saying is like this. If there is an individual who needs more rain, Hakavish will actively bring more rain. If there's one person who needs more parnasa, needs more wheat... HaKadosh Baruch is not going to bring more wheat into the world. Now, what can he do? What can he do? He can go ahead and kind of shift the allocations a little bit, right? So was supposed to have X, Shimon was supposed to have Y. Shimon Yisrael HaKadosh could go ahead and shift that. Or HaKadosh Baruch could go ahead and... The idea is though, the amount, the amount of Parnassah is locked in unless the Tzibor needs it to change. If the collective needs it to change, then the amount of parnasa will change. If the Yochim needs it to change, ultimately, again, it will not change. So the Gemara says, it's really incredible. So rain comes even for an individual. Because the prophet says, Hashem will open up his, his storehouses to give you the rain of your land. So rain is very personal. If I need rain, even if you don't need rain, if I Kishrach, will give me rain. <laughs> Both of the pasuk says, "Behold, I will bring, I will shower forth for you bread, plural, plural." So parnasa, the needs of parnasa are determined by the collective. Rain could even be given to the individual. May Svei is listen to this beautiful Gemara. Rabbi Yosher Yehudah Omer Rabbi says Shlosha Tovim Amdu There are three great leaders for Klal Yisrael: Elohim, Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. Tovos Al Yodam. Three gifts were given to Klal Yisrael through these three great people. And what were the three gifts? The Elohim, Be'er, Anon, Uman. The well which accompanied the Jewish people in the desert. The Anon, the cloud, which hovered over us in the desert, and the Mon, the Mon, which sustained us in the desert, Be'er b'schus Miriam, the well came in the z'chus of Miriam, Amud Anon b'schus Aron, the cloud came because of Aron, Man b'schus Moshe, and the Man came in the merit of Moshe. So I will 1st of all, I'll just say well, let, let's finish. Mesa Miriam, Miriam died, Nishtalika so the well went away. Shneamar, Shem Miriam, Torah requires Miriam died. There was no water. So right, but why? Because right after she died, the well disappeared. But then Moshe and Aaron, their combined merit, brought back the well. Mase Aaron. Aaron died. Aaron died. Clouds of glory departed. Shneemar Vaishma Knani Melech Arad. So the right, the king, the k the, the king, kinani king, king, sorry, the knani, the king of Arad heard, Mashmua Shamah, what did he hear? Shama Shamees Aaron. Vinista naniya cover. He heard that Aaron died, and as a result, the clouds of glory dispersed. And he took that to mean then now he would have the power to wage war against Kalal Yisrael. So the POSIK says, the entire congregation saw that Aaron died. Right? Don't say ultimately that they saw, but rather what? They were seen. Why were they seen? Because when Aaron died, the clouds dispersed. The clouds dispersed. (laughs) Kidrey Shlokish, Damrey Shlokish, Ki, Mishamisu Shanos, Oi, Dilma Elo. Elo Daha. Chazushneim Biskhus Moshe. Ultimately, again, but then, so we we'll say, so now when Aaron died, both the Be'er as well as the Anon were restored to Kalarisra on the Skhus of Moshe. May Smoshe, when Moshe Rabino died, Nistalku Kulon. All three were lost. So we'll say, it's actually quite interesting, the Pasik says, the passage says here in Zechariah, literally again, I will take away from you the three leaders, or I will destroy the three leaders in Biyarach um, Echon, in the same month. So, what does The three leaders are referenced to Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. Did Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam die in the same month? No. Follow Miriam, Mesab, and Miriam died in Nisan. Aaron died in Av, Umoshe, Moshe, So, why does it say that I'll take the three leaders in one month? Elam, Elam, Shenispatlu Shinis, Patlu, Gimam, Atanos, Al Yadon v'nestalku kulon echad. The idea of say is that what? Ultimately again, all three of the gifts, all three of the Matanos disappeared in one month. When was that? When Moshe Rabbeinu died in Adar, the Man, the Be'er, and the Anan all disappeared. So I will say, so okay, this is beautiful, but what do you see from here? You see from here that the Man, which represents Parnasa was brought down in the merit of Moshe. So you see that one person, one person can affect Parnasa. So the Gemara says, <clears throat> Ultimately, Parnasa came down to the world in the merit of one person, shiny Moshe, sorry, <inaudible> kirabim So it's actually quite beautiful. Moshe Rabbinu is different. Why is Moshe Rabbinu different? Because ultimately, again, since he was needed by the Rabbim, Ultimately, again, he was like the Rabbim. Most Rabinu didn't have the identity of a Yochid. Most Rabbeinu had the identity of a Rabbim, of a collective. But, say, but if you look at the Lashon of, of the Gemara, It's really actually quite beautiful. The um, see the the siyunim changes the gears here to say shiny Moshe kevan de olim zechuso kirabim domu. So it's changed that that since Moshe Avinu has such great zechuyo, such great merit, he was like the rabbim. But the truth is, if you look at the actual wording of the gemara, it's actually quite profound. Why is Moshe Avinu different? Kevan de la rabbim who since he was needed by the masses ultimately kirabim domi. He was like a rabbin, which I will say tells you something so incredibly amazing. The way to transform yourself from a yachid to a rabbim is be the kind of person who is needed by the community. If you make yourself needed by the rabbin, which means if you contribute in a way that people don't see you just as an individual, but people see you as a community person. Someone who doesn't just do for himself but does for the community, then you assume the identity of the rabbin. Isn't that an incredible use? Of and I want to say, understand what that means, by the way. Do you understand what that means when you no longer have the identity of a we have the identity of a rabbi. You know what that means? You know what that means? That a will change the laws of parnasa just for you. Right? Because remember again, what the Gemara says over here is Khashbaracha will give rank to individuals but it doesn't change the laws of Parnosa for individuals, only for the collective. But if a person transforms himself from a Yachid to a Rabbim by living the kind of life that I devote myself to the collective, I devote myself to the needs of those around me, I don't just live in my Dalit Amis, but I figure out some way to enhance my community, to enhance my Kehila, to enhance my world, I transform myself from a yachet to a rabbim, then I have the ability to affect change in my parnasa as well. Incredible, incredible. So I will say, just say for a moment, it's interesting, what's the connection between these three miracles and these three people, right? So truth is, two out of the three makes sense. The idea that the be'er, that the well, comes in the chos of Miriam, that makes sense, why? Because remember again, this harkens back the fact that Miriam was the one who watched over Moshe Rabbeinu when he was set afloat in the Nile. Right? She stands by the body of water, therefore again, Kali Yisrael is given water in her merit. Man in the Zchus of Moshe also makes sense. Moshe Rabbeinu gave us Torah, spiritual sustenance, and therefore again, in his Zchus, we also get physical sustenance. What's the connection between the clouds and Aaron? So say, I think I mentioned this before, but Rabbi Israel of Rajin, the Heligarizhiner, says something so beautiful. He says, what was Aaron's Mida? Aaron was Oiv Shalom Gurodev Shalom. Aaron was the one ultimately, again, who always made peace within Klal Yisrael. But again, not just made peace, he actively pursued peace. So the visionary said something so beautiful. He said, do you know what the clouds were created from? They were created from the Hevel Pihem, from the breath of the words of Shalom of Klal Yisrael. Aaron encouraged people to talk nicely to each other. Aaron encouraged people to say Shalom Aleichem to each other. Aaron encouraged people to be friendly. I encourage people to settle to resolve disputes. And the, the breath that came out from those words of shalom, the breath that came out from those words of friendship, that breath, all of that breath, that collective breath, came together and formed the Anani Haqavar. Sivosa, we'll we sometimes think that words don't really have such an impact. We know that to be unequivocally false in general, but you rarely only seem to look at the power of harmful words but the power of positive words is immeasurable. It's, it's, it's positive words that created the Anani HaKavad for our ancestors in the desert. It's the, it's the positive words that protected us from every single external threat. It's the positive words that formed the Anani HaKavad. I both say the power of positive speech the power of words of friendship, the power of words of encouragement, the power of a shalom aleichem, the power of a get shabbos to someone who you don't know on Shabbos. The power—I will say—you know, I'll just mention this stuff because it's so important. There are so many people in life who live life on the margins, and they live life on the on the periphery, and you wouldn't know it because they look like pretty normal people, right? You know, they look they look fine, but they feel like outcasts deep down. Or they feel marginalized for a variety of different reasons. And they go through life and no one ever reaches out. And they're not going to be the kind of people who engage you. But when you see someone on a Shabbos and they're a little bit to themselves. You go over and you wish them a good Shabbos. You go over and you say, Shalom Aleichem, a Siddur, a Kiddush, a L'chaim, or three. You know, whatever right? whatever, whatever, you do to engage someone. It's so incredibly important. It's so incredibly important. It can make the difference in a person's life. And not only that, it creates the Anon HaKavad. We'll say, that's how, that's how we create protective clouds around cloudy. So, you know, people always think that we have to do big things as a nation in order to affect Yeshua's divine salvation. Do you know what we have to do to affect divine salvation? The only thing we have to do to affect divine salvation, really the only thing, is we have to be nice. We have to be nice. We have to be nice. We'll say, isn't it tragic that so often, so often, we, we find that we're attacking each other. We're attacking each other, and it comes sometimes even from very great people who attack other segments of Yiddishkeit, who do this, who do that. Lord said this one attacks this then attacks. You know, I'll tell you, I dread every Rosh Chodesh. I'm just gonna tell you, I dread Rosh Chodesh. You know, I dread Rosh Chodesh. Do you know what happens every single Rosh Chodesh in Eretz Yisrael? Do you know what happens? There is the most ridiculous and overwhelming Chilol hashan at the Kosala Ma'arabi at the remnant, right? The women of the world, this, and the Haredim, this, and the this, that. And by the way, everyone's wrong. Everyone's wrong. Everyone is wrong. Because everyone really doesn't care about the other. Now, what's, what's the answer for the Kotal compromise? I don't know. I don't know. But that's a different sheer. Want to say, but, but at the end of the day, what are we doing? What are we doing? Is it worth it to do something that is going to enrage the masses? And do you have to show them spit at people, yell at people who are going to die? What's, what's going on over here? What's going on over here? And where is leadership? Where is leadership on all sides to say we're all on the same team? We're all in the same boat? We're in the same people? We're all in the same Gala's? We're all waiting for the same Mashiach? We're all dealing with the same problems? We all suffer from the same terror attacks? We all suffer from the same collective broken heart from 2,000 years of tragedy? And what are we doing to each other? Every single Rosh Chodesh? Every single Rosh Chodesh? And I guarantee you, do you know what the Rebano Shal Olam is saying in Shalim in that moment? I don't know, but I want to guess. And you know what he's saying? Do me a favor. All of you go home. Go home. I don't need you here if you're going to do this. I don't need you here if you're going to rip each other apart in my name. I don't need you here if you're going to deconstruct each other under some guise of piety. Go home. Go home. The Anani HaKabit. Aaron Cohen created Anani HaKabit because he taught Jews how to be nice to each other. And if we could only once again recreate that formula, I guarantee you Moshiach would come tomorrow. So the Gemara goes right mm-hmm. there. The Gemara says, Raphuna bar manuach, Raphshol bar idi, Raphia mivastina, kamei say It's a fascinating story. So listen to this. <speaking in Hebrew> By the way, Raphshol Arman and I were talking about, this, talking about this yesterday. Both say, there's no masafta like Tainus. no? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just saying, like this is like, the, <laughs> I even think if we charged admission, we, we would still, we would still have a full shul. Right? Maybe not a bad idea. Okay, we'll talk about that after. So say, so this is, this is just just absolutely incredible. So the Gemara says, These were all Tamidim of Rabba. When Rabba passed away, They came before Rab right? They took a new Rebbe. They came before A Papa. Kol imas tava hava ahadadi. So I will say, this is fascinating because human nature is human nature. So what happened? Every single time Rav Papa said something that they didn't agree with, they made faces to each other, right? Or gestures to each other. And will say, as someone who speaks often in public, it is the most distracting thing in the world, right? Whoa, whoa, what's going? what's going on over here? What's going on? <laughs> I'm right in the middle of talking about it over here. Wow, okay could have waited like another minute. Right? <laughs> so I say, so what, so what happened? What happened? So they're going ahead. They're going ahead. And he, he's donating a kidney. I must be. I must be. I, go. I say, so, 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 so interesting enough. So what would happen is they would make faces at each other. Like when Papa would say something they didn't disagree with. Whatever. You know, a hand gesture, of this, that. So what happens? Rapapa was very disturbed by it. Papa was very disturbed by it. I must say it happens to me. It's a very distracting thing when you're trying to give a share of somebody grimaces or this, that. So Rapapa was very distressed by it. Remember, Rapapa was spending a lot of time preparing. These are three guys. They came to Rapapa as their new rabbi. And <laughs> Chalosh Daiti. Chalosh Daiti means it was very upsetting to him. Amadeis. So, Akruyei Bechalme. So, I you listen to this. One night, Rapapa had a dream. And in the dream, he saw the Pasek. And the Pasik said... The Akhid shloshes ha-ro'em. V'achid es So I will the Pasik that he saw in his dream was the Pasik that said, literally again, I will take, this is the Pasuk we just quoted before, I will take the three shepherds. I will take the three shepherds. I will say what that dream meant was that these three, these three Tamidiyachachamim, Raphuna Bar-Manuach, Manuach, Moshoor, Idiron-Chir, and were going to be taken from this world because of their disrespect to the Tam Rav Papa. Because they, had, because they had caused Rav Papa so much distress during the shear, therefore, again, they were going to be taken from this world. So what happens? Lemachar. So we say, listen to this. This is incredible. So what does Rabbi Papa do the, the next day? Lemachar. The next day, as they were leaving the base measures, it's changed, by the way, in Agos, it's unim. He said to them, the rabbis should go in peace. So I'll say, if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, By the way, it's so incredibly important, you know, the, the idea of the respect and reverence that we have to exhibit towards Talmidi Chachamim. So these Sira by the way, they weren't disrespecting. What were they doing? It was in this Medrash, they were learning. They were learning and they were just disagreeing. You could disagree with something, the Rebbe says, absolutely. It's not that they were disagreeing, it was the way that they were disagreeing. It was done in a disrespectful fashion. So because the disagreement was disrespectful, therefore, again, it was decreed in heaven that they were going to be their, their lives were going to be taken. Rav Papa sees them next day, him, and he gives them a bracha. You should go in shalom. So he didn't tell them about the dream, but he was giving them a bracha, that they should be saved from any misfortune. Incredible, incredible. Rav Sini Bar Ashiya B'Shekia Papa was well, say another such story like this Reuven Ashi will often went to the Sherurah of have a machile tuba and this Rasim Ashi always asked questions always always had a question right and he would incessantly ask questions Shall so say so again and by the way they might have even been good questions but you know sometimes sometimes the rabbis trying the papa trying to give a Sheer, right guys constantly a guy right Ashi is constantly asking questions again it's difficult so what happened? The boss of the day is Alape. One day he saw Rav Papa, was about to say Tachnun, and Rav Papa uttered an additional supplication. Shami da'ama rachmona litzlan mikisufa disimi. Kadesh Baruch who saved me from the embarrassment of simi. So he heard, so our Papa was saying, it's difficult, he's always asking me questions, I can't get through what I want to get through, sometimes I don't know all the answers, and again, it's embarrassing, I'm trying to give a shear in front of a whole base manager of Tamidim, HaKadosh Baruch please save me from the embarrassment of Simi Barashi. Ashi. Rav overheard this tefillah. Kabil Akshi, <speaking in Hebrew> he took it out himself to be silent, and he did not question Raf Papa anymore in shir, doesn't mean he didn't ask questions, it just probably means he just didn't ask questions in the public setting in Shia. I will say, just I, w- I want to point out, by the way, the, the, the connection to what we were saying <laughs> to Aaron before is so profound as well. The idea of disagreeing agreeably. Right? So that, that's the nature of these stories. Is the Talmud supposed to ask questions? Of course, the Talmud is supposed to ask questions. How do you learn if you don't ask questions? But the truth is how you ask the question. Sometimes people ask questions, and the question is the form of an attack or the question is disparaging, or the question is mocking. So first of all, there's a way to ask a question, and also, there's a time to ask a question. Are the questions encouraged? Not only are they encouraged, it's an absolute necessity. I can't learn without asking. But how I ask, and when I ask, Ultimately, again, determines the Lishma nature of the question. Even Rish Lakish holds that rain could come down in the merit of an individual. know that rain is brought down even for an individual. Oh my God the pasik. Shalom Hashem So we're quoting the Pasik from Zacharyo. So the Gemara says, So watch this, look how we dash in the pasik. So the Gemara says, so you might have thought that rain only comes for everyone if everyone needs it. Ish you know, Keshmerah brings rain even for one person, so you might have thought when he brings it for one person, fine, I'll bring it for one person, but I'll bring it for all of the fields of that person, to which the Gemara says, Talmud Lomar, a even brings rain for one blade of grass, did I skip? Talmud sorry, Sada, even one field, is Sada, if I would have said field, Yohal you might know, have fine, Keshmerah bring rain for one person, for one whole field, but only a whole field, Lomar, therefore the Possek says, even a blade of grass. Said, that The Bracha of rain is so personalized that even if a person only needs, right, field, uh, rain, one person needs rain for one blade of grass, Chodesh will bring that rain for him. This is beautiful. He had a, he had a garden. Every day he would go and inspect the garden. Ultimately, again, he said, This patch requires water. This patch doesn't require water. And I'll say, Isn't this incredible? Right? And what happens? Sure enough, again, he would have rain that would come exactly where it was needed and didn't go where it wasn't needed. I'll say, great sadik. But the idea being, the idea being that rain is the type of racha that could be highly personalized. The Gemara is contrasting this with what we call parnasa, right? So parnasa, so let's say the the, the specific amount of grain that is going to come into the world, that may be fixed, that may be fixed. Again, the allocation may be fluid, but the amount itself is fixed. So the Gemara says, what does he mean in the past when it says Hashem makes clouds? What does that mean? This is beautiful. Every tzaddik gets his own cloud. Every tzaddik gets his own cloud. And as well, say, so looking up with the idea that rain is a very personalized blessing. Every tzaddik gets his own cloud. So we will say, my chazizim, what Parchos, floating clouds. So I'll just point out, it's interesting, because you also know clouds clouds don't, uh, clouds don't just represent rain. What else do clouds represent? What do they represent? So sometimes clouds represent adversity, right? Cloudiness, gloominess. It's also something when the Gemara says that every tzaddik has his own cloud, which means every tzaddik has his own pekel, has his own, has his own bundle of challenges. There's no such thing as a tzaddik who doesn't have challenges. There's no such thing as a person who doesn't have challenges. Every person has their own cloud of bracha. And every person also has their own cloud of life challenges. So the Gemara goes right there. My parchos. parchos. So the sign, the sign of rain, right? The sign of impending rain are parchos, are the floating clouds. My parchos, I'm papa, eva kalisha. So we'll say, Parachos are thin clouds, thinner clouds. So, a Kali- I'm sorry, Eva kalisha, Tu se Eva Samikta. They're thin clouds that are underneath thicker clouds. Good, Amrav Yehuda, ne- Amra Nihila, Mikame me- n- me- mitra, mitra. So the Gemara says this is very interesting. When these thin clouds, right, when, the- when these thin clouds come before Nehila mikamitra. Me- mitra, so we'll say here, actually, the Gemara says Nehila, means like a soft rain. When there's soft rain, Ultimately, again, that becomes before more intense rain, that is a sign of sustained rain. Basar mitra, when soft rain comes after harder rain, Pasak mitra means that the rain is going to end. Mikame mitra, asim mitra. So, what does it mean when again, when the soft rain comes before the harder rain, that is a sign of sustained rains going ahead. Lusa. So, the, the way to remember this is a sieve, is a sieve. Because so often, what will happen in a sieve is the finer stuff comes out first. Right, and then the coarser stuff comes out afterwards. So the idea is when there's soft rain and then harder rain, that shows it's going to be a period of sustained rain, the baser mitra, pasik mitra. But when soft rain comes after harder rain, that shows that the rain is going to end. The way to remember this is kharya the easy, goat dung. This is a very good mnemonic, right? Goat dung. So apparently, again, Rashi explains that when a goat defecates, apparently the large pieces come out before the small pieces. Okay, good to know. Hey, so, so so again, remember, once, once upon a time, these things were helpful. <laughs> hey, so I'm just pointing out, again, for us, the Shaykhaz might be a little bit more, more but yeah, good, you get the metaphor. So anyway, the Gemara says as follows. Ula iklulabab, I will say it's incredible. Ula went to this is really a very, a very strong Gemara. Chaza parchos. So Rav saw these, these thin clouds. Amr the mani Asimitra. So he saw the thin clouds are normally a sign for rain. He said, Quick, bring my stuff inside because it's going to rain. Then it didn't rain. Then it didn't rain. The same way the Babylonians are liars, their rain clouds are liars as well. So I will say, so again, this, this highlights, by the way, there was a significant amount of animosity between the Jews of Israel and the Jews of Babel. Right, I will say, which, which again, is, it's part of the same tragedy. Like, we're, we're always factionalized. We're all, this is just always the way that it's been from the times that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. Before the this is why the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. For whatever reason, everyone has someone who they dislike. See, see, over here also, like, there wasn't a high opinion of the Babylonian Jews in the eyes, ultimately, again, of the Israel Jews. So again, so it's possible, by the way, that Ula is not talking about the Jews of Babel, but rather, right, he's just talking about Babylonians in general. But the idea being that Babylonians are liars and their rain clouds are liars. Okay, Gligmar says, One time Ula went to Babel. Chazi malat son of the Tamri Bezuzah. He saw that you could buy a basket full of dates for one zuz. They both said, "Now dates are interesting because dates. Now, what I say dates are cheap? And also, when you eat dates, dates sustain, dates nourish. So Ula was fascinated that you could buy a basket full of nourishing food for a cheap amount of money, right? I this is very, you know, one of the one of the major, you know, social agenda items in our Israel now is the price of food, right? Food prices are going are going up." So it's interesting. So Ula comes from Yisrael to Bavel, right? And he says, it's amazing. You get a basket of dates for one Zuz. So the Gemara says, How could it be that the Babylonians aren't learning Torah en masse, right? If you could sustain yourself for such little money, for such a small amount of money, one Zuz gets you a basket of dates and dates sustain you, how, are, how is it that all the Babylonians aren't sitting and learning Torah? So ate a basket of dates? Ba'araisa, Sadi Gemara says, I'm sorry, That night he had terrible stomach pains as a result of the dates. Right, Drash says he suffered from diarrhea as a result of the dates. So what happens? He says, you buy a basket of knives for one zuz, and the Babylonians are still learning Torah. So, afterwards, he was amazed that the Babylonians have the ability to learn Torah at all, given the fact that what they have to sustain themselves on wrecks havoc on the digestive system. He will say, isn't it fascinating, right? In the beginning of the day, so Ullah's calling out the Babylonians you could sustain yourself for such a small amount of money, yet you don't sit and learn. And then he realized he was wrong. That night, he suffers the effects of the dates. It's true they're cheap. There's a reason why they're cheap. Right? So, say, so then he suffers the results of the dates. And he realizes, wow, it's amazing that the Babylonians learned Torah at all. Given the fact that apparently these dates were a major, were a major part of their diet. So let's say an incredible thing in perspective. You know, sometimes you see something the first time. You think you've got it all figured out, right? I've got it all figured out. i figured out people. i figured out situations. And then you delve a little bit more into it. And you realize, I know nothing. I know nothing, or what I thought to be true was in fact not true at all. Incredible, humbling, Musa. So you goes like to Tanya. as Yomer, ka'olo olam kulo Mime the entire world is sustained from the waters of the Okainos. O- 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 Okainus is the ocean, okay? We can translate it as Atlantic, but the truth is actually represents a body of water that's larger, right? We'll call it the Atlantic, right? The Okainos. Shenei <pigeonholo> emar, ve'ed Yalamina, min ha'aretz hishkas k'penei kala adama. So we'll say, so in Rabbi Eliezer's model, he believes that rain ultimately, again, comes from the earth. The waters of the earth evaporate, go into the heavens, and then rain down like that. Quotes the from a mist will rise up from the earth and will water the entire earth. But the ocean water is salty. Ocean water is salty, and the rain is not. The clouds sweeten the rain. The, cloud, the clouds sweeten the water. So we'll say that this is Rabbi Yehliyaz. Rabbi no. Called the olam It's not true. The earth is watered through the celestial waters. So we'll say, remember again, Hakadosh Baruch Hu creates the raqia and the point of the arkiah was to divide between the upper waters and the lower waters Rabbi yeshua says rain is rain comes from the upper waters in shamayim shamayim <speaking> lama mayim <in> come over here quotes the Pasuk. Quotes the, quotes the Pasuk, right? Literally again, from the dew of the heavens will the earth drink. So, what do you do with the Pasik that says that the mist will come up from the earth? It means that the, the clouds become strong, rise up to the heavens. Literally again, the clouds open their mouths. Kinud, like a like a, a wine skin. um a nudit is a wineskin. What happens? Umekavlim may matter, and then they receive the moisture or the water from the celestial water. Shnei mar yisku matter lo odomenu kevesin kikav. the and they are they are perforated just like a, just like a sieve. Ubaos umechashros mayim and they shower down their water upon the earth. Shnei mar chashros mayim avish hakim. And there is not more than a literally again, a hair's breadth in between each, in between each drop. To teach us that a day of rain is as great as the day that the earth was created. Here we have a fundamental machlokes. And the fundamental machlokes is, where does the rain come from? You have Rabbi Eliezer saying that rain comes, right? Water comes up from the earth, right? Water evaporates from the earth. And ultimately, again, in the wording of the Gemara, sweetened in the clouds and then comes down in the form of rain. Rabbi Yeshua saying, the mist, the clouds, rise up from the earth, go up to the heavens. They are like a wineskin. Receives the waters from the celestial waters, and then they become like a sieve, and allow that water to come down. I so was. we'll have to stop over here for today. We'll pick up Emirat HaShem with the rest of this discussion. Emirat HaShem tomorrow. Hesitant to ask this question because it might generate the eyes maybe a little. Fast for fast Say for Yoshua clearly says a month stop later, not at this point. But the mar doesn't even address it. Address yeah, it. so it, it seems that what ended up ha- the, the postscript is after Moshe Rabbeinu died, after Moshe Rabbeinu died, they got back the man. It's not clear if in the suhas of Yoshua and the suhas of Klal Yisrael So it did come back. But I believe there's a message that says that there was a lapse. Um. So it came back uh, presumably on somebody else's On somebody question. else's hushman, correct. 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 Another question unrelated but similar, maybe a little closer to um, this week's partial, mean, right? Raji says in love on guard.